0: Today I am going to be talking about how constipation produces systemic and mental constipation. Hello friends and welcome to the Limbic Podcast. Listen, your brain and body comes at equipped with their own healing machines. My name is Umu Benjamin and I am a holistic integrative and nutritional psychiatry nurse practitioner with over 21 years of medical nursing experience and a mind and body preventive health coach. Imagine being a toddler that passes gas or farts and being embarrassed for their normally bodily function. Imagine being a young child that is being told that farting in public or in the presence of others is unacceptable. With a nice warning that saving such behaviors is best for the bathroom or in private. Imagine being teased in the classroom of peers for fourteen, emerging in observing a child that has to hide in the closet to have a bowel movement or hide behind the door seeking privacy for shame or fear. That's one I've observed in many kids or young children, and normally there's a joke and a laughter as being harmless. However, as we proceed with this podcast, you may get to kind of understand that some of these behaviors are actually acquired. I want you to try to recall the experience of hearing, are you done yet? While you are trying to have a bowel movement in a house filled with siblings or individuals rushing your process, of having a bowel movement in peace these are some of the many experiences around training our bowels unconsciously we have been taught or we have taught ourselves and our younger generation how to suppress the body's natural functions and We train our gut's functions to automatically suppress these functions for the betterment and convenience of others, but to the detrimental reconditioning of the body's systems to learn how to function in a state of suboptimal. The training of our gut health actually begins in childhood. And it is associated with mental reconditioning, framing, or being framed around shame and neglect with the expectations that the stomach will work itself out, especially if done privately and not talked about. Unhealthy bowel movement practices create situations that predisposes us to developing stomach issues around maladaptive physical changes that affects proper blood flow absorption mortality and evacuation of stool producing a symptom of constipation which is a compensatory mechanism to support inflammation and maladaptive behaviors and changes Constipation, like anxiety and depression, is a symptom of ischemic and inflammation. When people think of constipation, they never think of brain, mental or medical health. Yet constipation leads to many GI surgeries in the United States due to its predisposition to paralytic ileus. It means the bowels get obstructed. There's this wonderful quote by Emily Gutierrez dated back to 1909 and she says, Freedom of the bowels is the most precious, perhaps even the most essential of all freedoms. One without which little can be accomplished. That's what me says. She's talking about that freedom that one experiences after a good bowel movement and all of us can relate according to john hopkins hospital 4 million people in the united states have frequent constipation four millions of us constipation is the most common gastrointestinal complaint resulting in 2.5 million doctor visits annually million visits. Chronic constipation is by definition the difficulty or the rare passage of stool or the absence of proper bowel movement to maintain a healthy internal working gut and systemic function. Constipation is often described as a condition where the numbers of daily bowel movements are low in number. The normal should be between one to three bowel movements a day or the weight of approximately two grams a day. I smile about the two grams a day because the only individuals that do weigh their bowel movements or having their bowel movements been weighed are babies in the neonatal ICU, the NICU, or Pediatric Intensive Care Unit. There are a few mindful bowel movement practices that many individuals are not educated about when it comes to managing their bowels. These mindful practices includes assessing proper bowel movement for the numbers of bowel movement in a day, the color, the texture, the smell, the ease or difficulty of passing the stool. Yes, our primary doctors or our parents uh, were supposed to tell us that it's wonderful and a very healthy practice to actually check for the number of poop you are gonna have a day what is the color of your poop what's the texture what is the smell was it hard or was it easy to pass the general population of us kids and adults included experiences constipations in droves and we are unable to weigh our bowels which is understandable But we are also not trained how to observe our stools for the listed characteristics. As such, a lot of us do get confused when they are explained to that a good health recommendation for a healthy gut is actually to have one to three bowel movement or stool a day. With ease and consistency in the texture. That should not be excessively hard loose or liquid in texture lack of bowel movement on any given day may indicate the stomach is experiencing functional issue the gut system works through a series of contractions that helps with the peristalsis peristalsis is the mechanical movement that your gut goes through to allow the bowels to move Peristalsis movement is the contraction of the stomach lumen to move stool or poop in a manner that helps with absorption and mixing of the stomach content. These coordinated contractions range from high contractions to smaller repetitive non purposeful contractions that moves the poop or the stool down the stomach lumen track. Normally, the body experiences a higher, stronger contraction in the morning to trigger our first bowel movement of the day. And what most people do not know or may not be educated about, this is because our bowels and the movement of our bowels works on a biological clock. This biological clock is one of the reasons many of us will have the urge to have our first bowel movement upon awakening, or the trigger to poop after adequate amount of eating or drinking, which also triggers the urge to have a bowel movement. We have often trained ourselves to ignore and neglect these internal alert systems due to the countless life distractions priorities placed elsewhere versus the priority that needs to be placed on the act of bowel movement. We rush through the process versus needing to be mindful and restful to allow the gut to perform its functions. As a culture, we also place lack of true importance on the act of having a bowel movement, or we act in a manner of inconveniences or inconvenience yielding to the urges to adhere to these bodily signals. Bow motility or movement is strongly deferred during sleep. And this is to allow our sympathetic Better yet, our parasympathetic system. This is our rest, repair, and digest system to help our bodies and our gut heal, but also to avoid incontinence. Post-initiation of sleep or after we have sleep or medically termed nocturnal bowel movement or any aspect of anal leakage is significantly abnormal. And that's due to the fact that our body supports a biological clock. That means during nighttime or nocturnal, it's resting, it's sleeping, and it does not want to be in function. It wants to rest and repair and heal. The only time there's this aspect of abnormalities in the passage of stool at night is when we are with other symptoms such as diarrhea or. Most laxative use are potentially mechanical dysfunction of the anal sp- sphincter. So individuals with anal prolapse may experience leakage, and that's abnormal in terms of the average person without any dysfunction to their anus or inner sphincter or anus per se our bodily function on many our body functions on many biological clock or rhythms or diurnal or dinural rhythms or circadian rhythms including sleep reproductive or bowel movement the amazing thing about this biological clock is the fact that our planet itself functions on these biological clocks or so-called clock genes, a genes or group of genes that governs that 24 hour circadian rhythm or biological clock. In the context of our ecosystem, our universe, the biological clock plays an important role in regulating our sleep-wake cycles, our hormone productions, our body temperatures, our metabolism. And as humans, optimizing our health can be best supported by optimizing these biological rhythms or clocks as closely as possible in all systems. The problem is many of us have acquired many ischemia and inflammatory changes. And many of us have acquired many maladaptive behaviors that continues to hinder our bowel movement biological clock or rhythms, and all the other systems, biological clocks and rhythms. Stress produces inflammatory and ischemia changes that impacts our bowel movement. During chronic stress, anxiety, depression, medical metabolic stressors, the gut goes through significant cellular changes and inflammatory changes, which starts through the decrease of blood flow and oxygenation at the cellular level, feeding a cascade of other cellular remodeling of the gut, natural function. Naturally, after eating, the food begins to be processed and the stool enters our rectum. This causes distension. The distension sends an alert to the brain as a conscious perception to defecate or to poop. If the time of this alert is not appropriate or paratorized, the rectum temporarily accommodates during the stool, which results in the dissipation or disappearance of that alert or the termination of the contraction that was urging you to have a poop. In individuals with chronic stress, this pathway becomes altered and stress creates changes with deep cellular alteration, producing a detrimental cascade of gut changes. Stressors result in stress-induced slowing of the gut emptying process and it also persists to the alteration of what is our autonomic responsiveness to the bowel, the normal bowel movement patterns. Our gut's functionality involves neuronal and hormonal controls of the bowels, which means what gets to be any sensory and visceral and alerts or feelings within our guts gets to also be the same neuronal and hormonal controls that goes through our nervous system to our brain. On a simplified level, peristalsis, which is that mechanical movement of the gut, is helped through a neurotransmitter serotonin. Many of you guys already know, serotonin is one of the neurotransmitters implicated in the feeling of happiness and the feelings of less depression or anxiety. When the food or the bolus of food enters the gut and distends the gut's wall, this directly releases serotonin into the gut. This may be the reason many people feel happy when they eat after they eat or feel happy and satisfied post bowel movement because serotonin gets to be released as food enters the gut the movement of the bowels is helped by the stimulation of more neurotransmitters and one of them is acetylcholine which is gonna cause muscle contraction in the gut in the gut lumen behind the food bolus And another neurotransmitter called nitric oxide, relaxing the gut lumen in front of the food bolus to help with relaxation and opening of the lumen and dilating of the lumen and moving food through forward into and through the GI system or the gastrointestinal system. In other words, just the act of eating and having your stomach being distended from the food to having the food move through your GI tract activates three different neurotransmitters which all supports wellness and mental health as well. Serotonin, acetylcholine, and nitric oxide. The conundrum is what inflammation and ischemia changes. This causes alteration in these neurotransmitters, which gets to affect the normal flow of food through the gut lumen and GI tract. But holistically, we know it doesn't just stop in the GI tract. What affects the GI system affects the brain, and that's through the enteric nervous system to the central nervous system. Inflammation and ischemia are caused by a decrease in proper blood flow, oxygenation, infection, and other causes that alters and disrupts the natural mechanism of the functionality of the gut, which will produce a symptom of constipation, but it produces other diseases as well. With inflammation or ischemia, that is caused by constipation or any inflammation within the gut. Zonulin, which is a protein that regulates the permeability of the intestinal barrier, means the protective barrier that keeps the stomach enclosed, which helps the gut keep separate or separate contents that are in the intestine from the bloodstream becomes increased in the stomach and when zolinine becomes increased in the stomach this causes the intestinal barrier to become compromised weakened opened and this releases toxins and harmful substances into the bloodstream and if this happens it means what was meant to be in your stomach that's considered dirty is now in your bloodstream which is considered clean this produces inflammation and various health problems with constipation your body becomes a waste holding ground and environment it holds onto toxins and waste that needs to be removed out of the body but is now being held the body for an extended time allowing those toxins and waste back into the circulating system and bloodstream the proper term would be sitting and marinating in your own filth. some of the biological waste that gets to be recirculated within the bloodstream due to constipation includes, and not limited to, bilirubin. Bilirubin is a yellow pigmented byproduct when the liver breaks down the old red blood cells. Bilirubin gets eliminated from the body in a form of bile and it's excreted into the small intestines and eliminated in the stool when bilirubin accumulates in the body it causes severe problems one of them is jaundice you become yellow your eyes are yellow your skin tone has a yellow tint to it your eyes is yellow your nail beds or the bed of your nails looks yellow and normally it's very easily seen in pediatrics or babies but when an adult do have jaundice it means they are going ahead with some aspect of liver failure bilirubin also causes weakness and fatigue causes nausea vomiting abdominal pain and significantly high levels of bilirubin causes neurological symptoms such as cerebral palsy, which affects your balance, your posture, your movement. and untreated bile or bilirubin byproduct is going to cause brain damage. Another byproduct that gets to sit in your stomach and do get to sip out and cause inflammation is urea. Urea is a waste product produced when the body breaks down protein. Urea is eliminated from the body through urine, but a small amount is eliminated in the stools. And when urea levels become elevated, it can cause several symptoms, including fatigue and weakness. It can cause a loss in appetite, leading to weight loss and malnutrition, nausea and vomiting. And it can affect brain functions, causing cognitive impairment, confusion, even coma. Most people understand urea in the sense that it causes the skin to itch or become irritated. However, elevated urea levels can cause cardiovascular problems such as hypertension, arrhythmias, and heart failures. Another byproduct that naturally would have been excreted in stool but sits in our stomach if we are constipated is ammonia this is a byproduct from protein breakdown also ammonia gets converted into urea in the liver and can be eliminated through the urine in stool so high levels of ammonia are going to cause the same problems as urea which is going to include cognitive impairment dysfunction to the brain functions confusion and coma High levels of ammonia can cause seizures as well as lead to other metabolic disorders. Ammonia levels will cause nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, and abdominal pain. It's also going to cause neurological problems such as tremors, ataxia, and loss of coordination, balance issues. It doesn't stop there. High levels of ammonia will cause respiratory problems. Another byproduct that gets to be recirculated into our system is creatine. This is a waste product from muscle breakdown. It's supposed to be eliminated through our urines, but there's an amount that do get to be released or ex- excluded or excreted from the stool. Elevated levels of creatine means the kidney is experiencing a reduction in its function. And elevation in creatine means you are going to experience fatigue and weakness. And severe elevation of creatine means the kidney stops to work. And when the kidney stops to work, it means Your number one filtration system, which is your kidneys, is now compromised, which means any aspect of any of these byproducts or waste and toxins I'm talking about gets to stay in your circulating system. Another byproduct that do get to be excreted from having a proper bowel movement, but normally does not get to happen with constipation, is fatty acids yes your body do get to break down fats and it do gets to excrete unwanted fats and eliminate them through your stools an aspect of those fatty acids not being removed means they get to join other potential chemicals in your bloodstream and form other bonds and produce small problems constipation also affects your fluid and electrolyte status So electrolytes and mineral ions such as sodium, potassium, magnesium, chloride, among all the other electrolytes and minerals are eliminated from your body through stools as well as urine. This is naturally with the kidneys, how the body regulates and balances your fluids and electrolytes and remove what will be the excess to prevent accumulations. Through having a regular bowel movement, the body also gets to remove undigested foods. So we're talking fiber fats, proteins, carbohydrates, any of the unprocessed foods that were not absorbed by the body during digestion. You can see this as having a bowel movement and actually finding pieces of maybe a corn full corn that's actually sitting in your stool or seeds that's sitting in your stool and that's because if you were eating your food whole foods your teeth is what grinds the foods so naturally it cannot grind 100% of it so a grain of rice or a few grains of rice may not be grinded and naturally if the body is unable to break it down or digest it it means it comes out as poop However, constipation may have those waste products sitting in your bowels. Constipations will also have your body holding on to bacteria. Our gut is filled with millions of bacteria, healthy and unhealthy, living and dead. And part of their function within the gut is to help with digestion, absorption of nutrient and brain health. Part of having a bowel movement is having to remove the excess that's not needed, remove the debris of the dead bacteria and even the living bacteria that's not needed as a way for homeostasis or balance. So constipation would hold on to the excess, which means an overgrowth in your GI system. To learn more about gut bacteria, I have a post in a podcast on leaky gut and gut bacteria. Parasites and fungals are another organism that do get to be removed out of our bodies with natural bowel movement. And if not removed, they get to sit within our system and recirculate back into our systems. Water. Naturally, water is removed out of our body by means of urination. However, excess water that is not absorbed by our body during digestion actually allows your bowels to move through easily and flow easily and part of having a bowel movement is a loss of excess water that the body needs to get rid of mucus part of your bowel movement is a mixture of particles and mucus and water and Nucleus is meant to actually lubricate the colon and help the bowel movement move through your GI tract or lumen. And it's a combination of water, glycoproteins, lipids, electrolytes, enzymes, cells from the lining of your intestines, as well as the fact that it may contain inflammatory substances such as cells, bacteria, and other substances. And part of having a healthy bowel movement, eliminate all of these out of your body. Now with everything I have said, the micro and macro accumulation of these systemic byproducts and metabolic waste that is not excreted out of your body over time produces different levels of inflammation and oxidative stress that can become severe. The accumulation of these waste and toxins leads to systemic exposure, creating oxidative and inflammatory stress within the brain and the body, causing neurological symptoms, mental fog, altering the brain and the body primary functions. Therefore, the experience of constipation, whether chronically or occasionally, that many normally will isolate as just a gastrointestinal problem may actually an indicative of a systemic problem. This post today, our podcast, is attempting to provide an insight that constipation in the gut is actually a systemic constipation producing mental health symptoms and affecting the brain. The inflammatory pathway associated with the changes in the gut lining associated with stress are not detailed in today's post or today's topic. Feel free to read some of my previous posts and listen to some of our previous um, podcasts and it talks a little bit more about that. But the post today was meant to have you understand that constipation or what will be irritable bowel syndrome as the symptoms are actually expressed when the body has experienced or the gut has experienced significant cellular changes. So, here are some soft tips to relieve constipation with the goal of helping you develop a healthy bowel hygiene to prevent what will be mental constipation or systemic constipation. The first step is listen to your body. The gut in every system in your body provides you with many warnings and alerts that are going to be in the form of sensory, visceral and physical signs. And we have learned how to turn these sensors off or dull them down. And because of that, it predisposes us to discovering problems later on versus immediately your gut is your second brain if it's not your first during utero and during the development of you as a fetus your gut was created first before your brain was created so what affects your gut affects your brain and what affects your brain affects your gut there's a direct connection eliminate shame around gut health and hygiene. The reason a child would choose to go into the closet or hide in the room or behind a door to have a bowel movement is because there's been some aspect of shame associated with them performing that bodily function. While they're little and it seems harmless and almost playful and jokeful, these become some of the messages the child grows into. That alters how they get to listen to those warning signs, due to the shame or inconvenience that is associated with performing the act of bowel hygiene and bowel health. Normalize noise-making bodily function, like farting, and there's many other noise-making bodily function that I cannot mention on this podcast, but. Normalize hearing these functions because that's part of your body giving you warning signs and alerts As to whether they are performing correctly or incorrectly or needs attention Drink warm beverage or fluid in the morning to wake your bowels up after sleeping Your bowels sleep during your rest and cold beverage causes constriction to the blood flow and constriction tightening the stomach spinter and lumen, exposing the gut to stress, cold stress. So warm beverage or lukewarm beverage is going to be appropriate for your first beverage in the morning to help your gut wake up. Improve basic life necessities to support gut health. And that's gonna be oxygenation by mindful breathing, exercising, stretching, hydration, and sleep. Eat foods with good quality fibers to support pre and postbiotic health for our gut bacteria. I do have a post on gut bacteria talking about prebiotics and postbiotics. That goes with the leaky gut topic. So feel free to go back through the podcast for those topics or look for the blog post. Practice tummy or stomach time. Many of us kind of remember tummy time with babies. And we think these practices are only meant for babies. But in reality, tummy time or stomach time is one that's appropriate for adults and kids. Because... Laying on your stomach helps support gut motility and offers a gentle compression to support that peristalsis movement. Practice stomach massage to help support peristalsis or forward movement of your bowels. Eliminate foods with sensitivity and you can do this through the elimination diet as foods that are sensitive means you will be exposed to sluggish bowels and potentially this can lead to increasing zonaline that causes stomach permeability or weakening of the gut barrier. Eat herbs and spice that are high in anti-inflammatory properties and antibacterial properties to support a healthy gut population regulation practice occasional bowel detoxification by emptying the bowels and using binders to remove toxins and waste such as performing enemas or charcoal detox. And the last tip is eat more fermented foods because fermented foods are going to support a healthy gut bacteria and a healthy gut means a healthy brain. This podcast is for empowerment purposes only. It is not intended for the treatment of your particular medical conditions. I want to empower you and that's it through education. Suppose you are experiencing high levels of stress which can lead to brain inflammation. In that case, you should seek early preventive coaching and treatment as this will prevent brain remodeling and inflammation changes due to chronic stress. Please subscribe and share this podcast with friends and family. This may motivate them to seek early help for wellness around stress. Also feel free to visit me at Limbic.live or join my Limbic community on Facebook. Also I value and appreciate your feedback, comments and criticism. Please use the Q&A or the comment section on the Spotify app or the Apple app. And you can use these Q&A or comments to actually tell me how I can improve my podcast to support you and benefit you. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful day.